0: ready for a word this morning any ideas what we're talking about anybody know what we're talking about today besides my wife because she made the graphic, she kind (laughs) of cheated what two or three weeks now nobody remembers what we're talking about praise the lord I'm doing a good job I am, I am, series. Yeah, I am. (laughs) Yeah, kind of down that road today. You know why he's doing that, right? I don't know how many times I heard this week, I'm just a dumb sheep, he said. I'm just I'm just I'm just a dumb sheep. (laughs) I thought I'm going to hear I'm gonna hear that for a while. But I've come this morning with good news. I'm gonna make you feel good about yourself today. Last week I kind of dumbed you down, and this week I'm going to puff you back up. So, if you got your Bibles, let's go to, go to the book of John, John chapter 10. We'll read that in just a moment. Today we're going to talk about I am the shepherd. I am the good shepherd, as He gives us just a couple of verses before where we was at last week. But today, I am the good shepherd. We remember things like, pastor called me a dumb sheep. (laughs) And rightfully so, right? (laughs) That kind of stands out. Uh, But John goes on here and he gives us some really good news this morning. I'm going to preach this, teach this to you this morning. He tells us the value of the sheep. You know, we can laugh and be fun about sheep being dumb and, um, and, and that's just kind of funny. But, but John really takes the time and begins to show us the value of sheep. Can I tell you this morning, if no one else has told you this, you are valuable. Every single one of you in this room, you are valuable to the kingdom of God. Don't ever let anybody tell you indifferently. You are valuable. We're also going to talk this morning a little bit about how the good shepherd, how he cares. How he cares for his sheep. He cares for us. But you realize that this morning? When you woke up this morning and you're a little tired because you lost an hour of sleep, he cares for you. He honestly cares. If he did not, he would not use the illustration of a good shepherd. Because the shepherd, as he over, uh, oversaw the flock of sheep, sometimes he had to break the legs of the young ones so that they wouldn't venture off and get hurt. Sometimes God allows us to, to suffer some things so that we long-term, number one, know his voice, and he protects us from things like the wolves. You realize the enemy of our soul is looking for ways Today. Some of you in this room, the enemy is trying to find a way to devise a device against you that discourages you, speaking garbage to you, trying to cause division in your life. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus, because he's a good shepherd. The life of the shepherd is given to take care of the sheep. Jesus gave his life on Calvary so that you would have life. He gave his life that you would have life. If we have no other reason at all this morning to give God praise, that is good enough for me. It don't matter if he ever touches our body or does anything else for us ever again. He's already done plenty. You know, the good shepherd knows exactly what you have need of. Nothing is a surprise to God. He don't choose every day to figure you out. The Bible says he knows the, 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 the end from the beginning. He knows the last from the first. He is every time. He is everywhere. God is in every situation. He knows what you're going to face tomorrow. He knows what you're going to face next year. Don't be afraid because your good shepherd is going to be right by your side. Why? Because he gave his life for you. Let's read the text this morning. John chapter 10 i going to turn there. John chapter 10, verse 11. Let me get my Bible to work right. Okay, John 10 and verse 11. The Bible says, I am the good shepherd. This is written in red, Jesus speaking. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But He goes on to describe the difference in a shepherd and something other. It just but a hireling. He who is not the shepherd. Notice he says not. One who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and I am known by my own. He says, I am known by my own. He cares for you. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. Aren't you thankful? Verse 16, he says, and other sheep. Hmm. There's other sheep. I have which I have which are not of this fold. I, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice. And there will be one flock and one shepherd. What he's talking about there to the end, I'm not going to focus a lot of time in my sermon today on that last verse, so I better say it now or I'm going to forget it. What he's talking there is about how he's bringing the Jews and Gentiles together. Basically, he's saying those other people that I love, have not been a part of the vine but i am want to bring them in you see god is a unifying god he is never the kind of god that wants to bring division or divide he is always trying to bring together he's trying to bring your life together he's trying to bring your family together he's trying to bring the church together everything that god does is trying to bring it together so not only does he love his own, but he loves others. I believe that God is trying to tell us this morning, there's other sheep out there right now. Other sheep that may not be a part of the fold right now, but he loves them just the same. So why is this all important? We learned first in this text that he says, I, he gave his life for the sheep. He come to give us life. He put life into the flock. John 10 and verse 11 again says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Aren't you thankful once again that God gave his life so that we might have life? But if you look at Romans chapter 5 and verse 6 and verse 8, Verse six tells us this, he says, For when we were still without strength, the last verse there, verse sixteen, talking about the other sheep, there was a time in your life that you was not part of the fold. There was a time in your life that you was not part of what God had currently going on. But can I tell you this morning that when you was without strength, (laughs) I love that verse. In due time, Christ, he died for the ungodly. If anybody ever tells you that God don't listen to sinners, they're lying. If, they, if God didn't listen to a sinner's heart, uh, no one could get saved because we don't, we're not born into this life in justified situation. We're born into this life sinful and God comes and saves us. Uh, so aren't you thankful for God that he heard your heart uh, and died for you? That is a m- massive verse. Verse 8 says, but God demonstrates his own love. Who's originator of love? It's God. God, love comes from God. So, So can I go ahead and just tell you that when you show love for somebody, you're showing them God. Because love only comes from God. The only way you can have the ability to love anybody is if God first gave it to you. When That's why I'm afraid that people are living today and they think they're going to wait to the end. They're going to wait before the trumpet sounds and, oh, I'll give my heart to God at the very last day. Can I tell you, you don't want to take that risk, honey. Why? Because if God snatches his spirit away, there'll no longer be love. It'll only be chaos. God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Without strength, still living for ourselves, he died for that situation. He cares for all the sheep. But you realize that also he knows the sheep. He knows the sheep. How do we know that? Nahum chapter 1, verse 7. We don't see this book very often. But this verse popped out at me. It says, The Lord is good. The Lord is good. I, a, a stronghold in a day of trouble. Have you ever been in a day of trouble? Has trouble ever found you where you live? Has trouble ever walked down your road? The God that I serve, the God I read about, the good shepherd says, I will be there and I will be the stronghold in the day of trouble. And he knows those who trust in him. I don't know of a better verse to describe the love of God except for right there. He's a stronghold against the day of trouble, but he knows who trust in him right. <laughs> You see we learn a lot from sheep I told you the shepherd would break their legs when they're young because they had a tendency to run off Young Christians have a tendency to run off You know what we've forgotten to do in the day in today's church because we don't want to offend anybody we are reluctant to break their leg. Now, not literally, obviously. But I I believe that one of the things that we're lacking and the things we got to get back to in the last day is not to make people feel good about themselves, but to tell them the truth about themselves. Because if someone tells you the truth, it's probably going to make you mad. But I'm not interested in someone's ideas. I'm interested in what the good book says. Right, amen. Because if we live by this, Brother Gary, this will break your leg. Time and and time again. You know, we need to slow down. I'm just I'm thinking just for a moment. He's not on his crutches this morning, praise the Lord. But Brother Gary, last couple of weeks, kind of, that first week, I said, you know, of course we are gonna tease. And, and say you know who done that to you and blame people and 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 so that was a that was a joke and but he come and he said i don't know what i done i don't know what i did but it's but what i noticed is the crutches you, you see him slowed him down you know see the word of god sometimes will will cause a crack in our foundation and we think that we're good we think that we're strong and he'll bring a crack he does it not to hurt us but he does it to help us I told somebody last night, I said, you realize that when God does things to us or allows things to happen to us, he does not do them to hurt us, but he knows what day is coming. He knows what's in your future and because he knows, he knows today that you got to get there and he's going to do whatever he can. Why? Because he loves you so he's a good shepherd, but he's going to allow things to happen. He's going to break that leg because he knows that the wolf is coming and coming in the night. And if you venture too far honey but what you what you understand to be the truth I've never been a shepherd in a field I've never had to tend to sheep maybe some of y'all have I don't know when the shepherd spends time with the sheep and he corrects them and he herds them and he feeds them and he speaks to them do you realize that they say that that shepherd can be far off and the herd of sheep can be wherever as long as they can hear his voice if they if that shepherd calls for those sheep the only sheep that are going to come after that voice are his The Bible says that he, my own, know my voice. I wonder this morning, as the good shepherd calls your name today, if we're listening and we're running to the cross, we're running to him. Why? Because the good shepherd has good things in store for us, and he knows us, and he cares for us. Aren't you thankful? Put your hands together and give God praise because he knows us today. You say, well, Pastor, why is that important? It's important because Isaiah 40 and verse 11 tells us this. Isaiah 40, verse 11. He says, he will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with the young do we see care and knowing in that when we spend time with god I preach and I pound it. I pound that we got to spend time with God. I don't do that so that we can try to push some agenda. The only agenda we're trying to push is that the church knows the voice of the Father. Why? Because when you know Him and you know Him and you know Him and you strive after Him, guess what happens? The wolf cannot destroy you. Why? Because you're not going to get too far from the hand of God because that is the only voice you're listening to not only but when the devil begins to speak to you and tries to call you out tries to cause division tries these things these cunning things against you he he may be thinking he's smart this morning but i know a god that's much smarter and much higher and ways that the devil will not know but you need to stop telling the devil god's plan The devil already knows the word much better than any of us in this room. But when we start speaking out things, don't think for a second the devil's not listening. He's going to find some way to try to trap you. You need to speak life. Speak truth. Speak the word because the word, even the son of God used the word in the desert to come against the enemy of our soul. He used the word. The word used the word. You remember that? Use the word. Second Timothy two and nineteen. This is nevertheless the solid foundation of God stands having this seal. He calls it a seal. Timothy said he's a protege of a young preacher under the under Paul's ministry. He says the Lord knows those who are His. And let Everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. What does that mean? He says everybody that names God as their God needs to flee from iniquity. Free, Flee from yourself. Flee from sin. Flee from things that are holding you back and holding you out of the bosom of God. Because he knows you. You cannot hide it from God. There's nothing you can take and say, well, God, if I just, I'll hide this over here. But you know, oftentimes we are... We, we, we carry things behind our back thinking that we'll keep it hidden, but God knows all the time. Can I tell you this morning, the good shepherd just knows you, cares for you. He knows your voice, but he wants you to be free of the things of iniquity. He wants you to be free of things that hold you back because he knows you. He knows what's coming your way, and he's trying his best to guide you into the path of righteousness. He cares for his sheep. John 10 and 13, the hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care for the sheep. What is he trying to tell us? Not everybody cares for you. Not everybody cares for your soul, but God cares for your soul. When care comes out of a shepherd, comes out of of the guidance and leadership God driven through a pastor, he knows how you feel, but sometimes how you feel does not dictate what he's going to do. Our feelings will lie to us more often than not. But a hireling flees. But God does not do that. In Psalms 23 and 1 gives us a good example. He says, The Lord is my shepherd. This is David speaking. The Lord's my shepherd. Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. We all should be striving to be like that. We should strive to be serving and and following God through the order in which God has set in place. But he says, I shall not want. He cares enough for you that he will give you everything you have need of, but he may not give you everything you want, but he gives you everything that you need. And that's what David's trying to tell us. He said, I shall not want. I shall not want for the things that I need. God knows you and cares enough for you as the good shepherd that he's going to feed you what you have need of. It may not be what you want. It may not be the flavor of cheeseburger that you're looking for, but I promise you the combination of what he delivers to you will be exactly what he wants you to have. I know that's hard to hear sometimes. But if I had a choice to redo some things in my life, I probably would, and most of us would probably testify the same. But the steps and the moments in my life had developed me into being the person I am, good or bad, I guess, because God saw fit. He shepherded me to become a shepherd. But this is not about me. This is always about him. If I don't if I don't send you to him, I'm in sin. I will guide you, but I'm gonna lead you to him. Because ultimately, I will fail you. Ultimately, I will, I, I will do something you won't like. But I promise you, I'm doing everything I know to do to lead you to Jesus and get you there as quick as I possibly can and get you in the presence of God as quick as I can. Even if you don't like what I'm doing or what I'm saying, I'm doing it. Because that's how he's leading me. A pastor of mine, early in my ministry, looked at me one day and he said, listen, I had sh- shared with him what I felt God was doing in my life. He said, if you can do anything else, if you can do anything else, don't do this. And that said, uh, another pastor told me one time, he said, listen, if you're truly called, you'll make it. I thought, whoa. (laughs) Okay. But my wife will tell you. People in this church matter to me. When things ain't going a certain way as a shepherd, it bothers me. I may not call you up and fuss you out about it. But it'll stick with me, Sister Ann. Because God put something inside of me. I'm not perfect. But he put me as shepherd of this flock. And he put me here. And he put that burden inside of me. But don't let anything I ever do become something that's about me. Because it's not about me. If it was not for God, I would not be standing here. God's a good shepherd. I am nothing. I'm gifted to spit and sputter and talk too much. My wife will also tell you that too. God gifted me to be who I am, but I am nothing without him. I am nothing. He's the good shepherd. He knows you. I may not always know what you're going through, but God knows. He says, I am the good shepherd. And as we spoke before, you know, we got seven of these in the series of the I am sayings. And I tell you what, this is probably the, by far the most powerful. When the savior of this world, the God of this universe takes a moment and says, I am Your caretaker. Can I ask you a question? What are we worried about? When we wake up and gas is for who knows whatever. God challenges me. He challenged me in the morning. I was thinking about this. I was like, oh my gosh. And it just kind of hit my spirit. Who takes care of you? I thought, Brother David, I thought, trust me. I don't like that gas bill as that pump continues to rack up gold. But at the end of the day, if I say I trust God, I have to trust God, right, brother? brother, brother? You can look at that gas pump today and say, you know what, it's an awful expensive trip for me to come all the way from Peakinville. But that would never stop you, would it? <laughs> because he loves his God and he loves his church we can never let life stop us we can never let the government stop us we can never let this culture discourage us why because at the end of the day I've read the book everything I read back here tells me that we win all we got to do is endure but today, let us, be, let us be encouraged, let us be lifted up. We're not dumb sheep. We're valuable, and God cares for us. He picked us up and prepared us. We must follow the shepherd. You see, God, he knows those who are his and calls them by name. He marks them for himself. He leads them out to fat pastures. He makes them both feed and rest there. Speaks comfortably to them. Guards them by his providence. Guides them by his spirit and the word. And goes before them to set them in the ways of his steps. The good shepherd leads you in the way of his steps. When we follow the shepherd's steps, we follow the ways of God, church, we're going to be all right. I don't care what enemy comes against us. I don't care what comes, tries to stamp us out, tells us we can't get together, tells us we can't have a Bible, tells us. I don't care where this culture takes us. You'll never take God out of this world until your church is taken out of this world. You will never stop the progression of the Spirit of God because ultimately, honey, He's in control and you're not. You hear that, devil? Huh? You better take notice. (laughs) We need to start telling him where his place is, and that's behind us, not before us. That monkey's not on your back. He ain't got no right to be near you. Tell him to get behind you. (laughs) Follow the shepherd. So the bottom line this morning, I want you to remember this. Deceivers of souls are murderers of souls. That's pretty strong, isn't it? The enemy is trying to cause deception. And don't think for a second. He doesn't try to cause deception in our body. Because if he can cause deception, he can cause division. But deceivers are soul killers. Deceivers of souls are murderers of souls. Don't listen to it. Don't entertain the the devil's voice. If the devil comes to you and tries to... That's not the voice of the shepherd. The good shepherd leads you in the ways of his steps and the God of this universe would never bring anybody down. I don't care if you're living right, living wrong, living flip side, upside down. He don't care. God is for you, not against you and not speaking against you in any way, form or shape. I hope this morning that you hear what I'm trying to tell you. Flee from these strangers. Why? Why? They do not know the shepherd's voice. And the last thing here I want to share with you is the fact that we need to come into the fold. 1 Peter 5, verse 5 through 11, i want to read some scripture to you. Sister Jane, if you'd like to come, go ahead and begin to play softly. 1 Peter 5 and verse 5, I, this is what I want you to do. I want you to hear the words of the scripture here he says likewise you younger people submit yourselves to your elders that's right (laughs) uh huh yes he says all of you this has nothing to do with age those placed over you are in place there by God will you like it or not He says, yes, all of you, be submissive one to another and be clothed with humility. You know, it bothers me, the lack of humility in this world. I go down to the local restaurant. I may drive through the drive-thru window. You know what I'm talking about. When I was growing up, I was taught if someone, you're serving somebody and you give them a cheeseburger and they give you a $5 bill or a $10 bill these days, and they give you a $10 bill and you're serving them, the correct, respectable, humble thing to do is say thank you. You can drive through the local Mickey D's right now. I guarantee you drive through right now and you'll be be an anomaly if anybody even says thank you. You pull up to the window, they hand you, they say, Duck, you're not even there. You get to the delivery window and the person's hand in the sack out the window. We went through the Wendy's the other night or as we, we call it because of Dawson, Bendy's. We call it the Bendy's or call him Bendy's. And we went through and got a a uh, hamburger for somebody that was picky in the house not her the one next to her she needed a hamburger that's what she wanted to eat nothing else so we went through and got a bacon cheeseburger which i pretty good stuff right and so i'll get back to the scripture and so we drive out and jenny says they didn't give us any spoons for our frosties we're not gonna go to wendy's that i get a frosty you gotta get some ice cream you're gonna get there right and we drive back around, and I pull up the window very nicely. You know, I pull up there, and the, and the young lady, she's standing there talking to somebody, and she kind of glances. Like She's going to kind of ignore us. And I'm sitting there. I'm looking at her. And she literally opens the window and says, yes. And I was like, you see, that's the problem we have in this generation. They don't submit I was taught, Sister Donna, that you are cordial and humble and nice to people. That's what I was taught. You say thank you or no thank you or have a great day or have a nice day. You see, our generation today, someone lied to them and told them that they're important and that they should be the one being handed something. It's called entitlement. If we would shut up, and get back to being humble, we would have a lot less problems in this country right now. You know what, we would have no lack of people coming to work. What's the deal? He says, be submissive one to another. It's the right way to do it. Be closed covered with humility this is the way of God that's why I know that this generation is in big big trouble and that's why the church is so very important in the last days because we need to be an example we know we need to do when that young lady says yes I'll be honest it kind of frustrated me so I didn't say anything that was where I was wrong I should have said have a nice day He says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. You want grace this morning? Give humility. You want God to show you grace and mercy? Be humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time casting all of your care upon him. What do I want you to do this morning? What is pastor saying? Cast your care upon the good shepherd because he cares for you. Verse 8, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, what I just tell you a minute ago, your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He is trying to To stop somebody in this room this morning, I guarantee him. He's trying to put chatter in your ear and trying to discourage you. But I'm here to tell you, I'm preaching the word of God right now. I'm trying to tell you, don't you listen to it. Because he's just trying to get you to walk away. But God will be with you. He'll be your standard. He's going to be there. He said, resist him, verse 9 steadfast in the faith knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world somebody else is struggling the same way you are but don't lose heart verse 10 but may the god of all grace who calls us to his eternal glory by christ jesus after you have suffered a while we've forgotten how to suffer suffer is a word we don't like to hear Sometimes we'll suffer a while, but don't think he don't care. Don't think he's not bringing perfection. He goes on to say there exactly that. He says, "After you suffer, a while perfect." Does that make sense to us? You suffer, and he says that's perfect. Perfect, established, strengthened and settle you what's he talking about the glory of god brings strength it brings perfection it brings uh the settling spirit so all we gotta do church is we gotta back up and realize if we want these things in our life we've got to be humble verse 11 to him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever amen let us humble ourselves before a good, good God. Can we do that? Can we emulate that? Can we resist the devil? Tell him to shut up in our life? I don't want to hear it, devil. Go tell somebody who cares, because I don't. All I'm interested in is what the Lord has to say. My good shepherd is telling me and I'm going to get up tomorrow and read this word and the word will lead me to the good shepherd. All I care about is what he's telling me. All I care about is the food that he's sharing with me. I wish somebody would put their hands together and give God glory because he gave you the food you need, church. Stand to your feet. Deceiver of souls or murderers of souls. That's strong language, but I'm being direct. Don't let anyone deceive you. Don't let the devil try to deceive you because he has lost the battle and you've won. He would like nothing more but to convince you that you need to give up, sit down, and shut up. But I've come this morning to tell you that God in this Bible tells me that you are worth everything to Him. And He come to seek and to save that which was lost. The value of the shepherd brings value to the sheep. Are you listening to me? Before we're dismissed this morning, everyone bow your head.